Hebrews chapter 4? I've heard some ministers say, you got to be careful about getting up in front of people and revealing personal things about yourself. Well, there may be some truth in that, but I've never been wise enough to follow much truth sometimes. When I come before you, I come before you to share where my hope is. I'm not a scholar of this book we call the Scriptures. I don't study like Don Fortner. But I do understand grace. And the best way I know to express to you at times is to share with you things about myself. Ever since COVID hit, there has been a division in my family. I don't know about you folks, but if you have brothers and sisters, divisions can be very, very weighty upon you. Especially if you love them. And I tell you, I love my brothers and sisters. <laughs> I could easily say this to you, they're hard to get along with, but you know the truth of the matter is, is I'm the one who's hard to get along with. My mom is on her deathbed right now. And you would think that might bring us together. But John, in all of his pride, has allowed the division to continue. And whether I well, I'll just say I didn't do it on purpose. I just I forgot to shut down the pride that one can have. Maybe you can relate to that. Because of my pride, that division continues. And I don't know if my mom will last the end of today. You see, with all the shortcomings that I see in myself, all the sinfulness that is in me, I asked my Lord, how can I be a preacher of righteousness? What right have I to stand before men and declare anything? And the only answer I have is the same one that Paul, his answer was. When he asked the question of who is sufficient for such things, the Lord must have spoke to his heart. My grace is sufficient. There is no sufficiency in this flesh that stands before you. 
My answer is this, that I'm a sinner saved by grace. There's no righteousness in this one who stands before you. I wake up every day thanking my Lord for another day and asking for forgiveness of who I am. If I was to stand in that shower and list everything, and I try to list the most things that are closest to my mind, but if I was to list everything that I did yesterday, I would be all shriveled up right now from too much water. And I'd still be over there. This is what it means to speak of new mercies day by day. Not a day goes by in the, in the world of John Reeves that I don't see my Lord being merciful to me because mercy to me means I don't get what I deserve. I don't get what I've earned. You know, pride is the most ugliest thing in the eyes of God. If you took all sin, if you took, I mean, I know there's people who think that sin is just, you know, smoking, drinking, going to bars, whatever you want to put in there. Sin is everything about us. Doubt. How can we doubt the mighty God, Brother Mike? Isn't that who he is? Mighty in everything? How can we doubt him? But I do. All the time. Because I have pride in this flesh that still rears up its ugly head. New mercies every day. Amen. Do you need grace? day by day or just once well if you need it day by day like me like John Reeves I got great news for you this morning look at verse 9 if you would Hebrews chapter 4 there remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God for he that is entered into his rest, into God's rest, into the Lord Jesus Christ, he also hath ceased from his own works, as God did from his. Let us labor. Let us desire. Let us have within our hearts the desire, therefore, to enter into that rest, the rest of God, the rest that God did from his works lest any man should fall after the same example of unbelief. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is, the, is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and opened unto the eyes of him 
with whom we have to do. Seeing then, seeing that all that is before us, our thoughts, our actions, our deeds, seeing that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast. Hold fast our profession. Hold firmly to our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of infirmities. Our God has experienced all that we are. In becoming flesh like us, he went through all the temptations, but as in all points was tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore look closely, folks. I need this. I need this more than I need anything else in this world. Let us therefore come boldly, boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. Coming to the throne of grace. What is it to come to the throne of grace? Well, first off, I want to ask you this question. How often do you need to come to the throne of grace? Don't answer to me. Answer in your own heart. Did I need to come to the throne of grace yesterday? Did I need to come to the throne of grace when I got up this morning? Am I going to need to come to the throne of grace sitting here right now, listening to God's word? How often do you need to come to the throne of grace? Well, speaking for myself as I began this message, I need thee every hour. No, 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 no. I need thee every minute. I need thee every second. Coming to the throne of grace is coming unto Jesus who is the throne of grace. Coming to the throne of grace is him who is, is coming to him who is merciful. Mark your place in Hebrews 4. We're going to come back to it and go through those verses a little more deeper. But I want you to jump over to John chapter 1 for just a moment. I just made the statement. Coming to the throne of grace is coming to Jesus. It's not coming to something that you think you have done. It's not coming to what you think you have done as far as getting into the waters of baptism. It's not coming to the table of remembrance. Coming to Jesus. Looking to Him and Him alone. Everything else is something you've done. And if you mix in what you've done, you have completely thrown out the word grace. Because even if you do a little bit, even if you're thinking you did just a little bit, oh, there's got to be some good in me somewhere. I gave money to a guy on the corner of the street yesterday. That's got to count for something, right? A little leaveneth ruin the whole lump. That's God's word.
Before I join you in the book of John, allow me to read these verses from Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. It says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. That's coming to Christ for grace. If you have received grace, if you have received His grace, a gift from Him, It's because it's in Jesus Christ the Lord. It's a blessed spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. We know that grace is one of the blessings, for it is also says just before that in verse 2, it says, Paul says, grace be to you. So grace is included right there in that spiritual blessing that God is sending in His Son, the Lord Jesus. This spiritual blessing of grace is a blessing that's appointed unto us and it was appointed unto all of God's people before the world was ever created. I know that I can boldly come to the throne of grace because God has prepared that throne for me before the world began. That's what he said. Let me continue in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 4-7. through seven. According as He, God the Father, hath chosen us in Him, in His Son, before the foundation of the world. That's God's Word. Isn't that what it says? He had chosen us to be recipients of His grace before the world was ever created. Before the foundation. Having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the good pleasure of His will, because of His will, not mine. Aren't you thankful God doesn't leave us to our own will? Aren't you thankful He comes to you when you were dead in trespasses and sin and gives you a new will? A living spirit that says, I love Christ because He first loved me? Yes. Predestinated us unto the, adop uh, unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ Himself according to His good pleasure, to praise, to the praise and the glory of His grace wherein He hath made us accepted in the Beloved, in whom we have redemption through His blood and forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace. Now folks, there is only one true throne. We talked about this in the uh, Bible study this morning. In Isaiah, in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, there is five titles that God inspired the, the uh, prophet to give His, his Son. Unto us, unto God's elect, unto those for whom we just read about were predestinated to be adopted to the adoption of the children by Jesus Christ according to His good pleasure, the good pleasure of His will. Unto them, unto us, a child was given. A child was born. Unto us, a son was given. A special child. A perfect child, a child who was not born with the sin of Adam in his blood, but the Spirit of God, perfect and holy in every way. Everything he did, this child did, it would please the Father. That's what God said. This is my Son, in whom I will, I'm well pleased. Isn't that what he said? This one... Whom all the government shall be laid shall be on his shoulder. 
His name is Wonderful. His name is Counselor. His name is the Mighty God. I brought this out in the Bible today. I'm going to repeat it. If you thought about why God would have to put Almighty before His name, think about that for just a minute. Why would God put Almighty before His name? Doesn't the word God express Almighty? When we use the word God, aren't we not expressing someone who has all power in heaven and earth? Not until we're regenerated by His Spirit. There's a lot of men who think there's all kinds of different gods, huh? That's why God has to say, I'm the Almighty One. Listen up, Israel. I'm the Almighty God. And it is His throne that we must come to. Now, how are we going to come to His throne? Sinful sinners. I've bumbled things and messed things up with my family so bad, I don't know if it'll ever be patched up again. I can only pray for their forgiveness, of which they don't, I don't deserve to be forgiven. Maybe God, who has forgiven me for my sins, might inspire them. There's only one true throne, folks, and that's the throne of our Savior, the Lord Jesus. He is King of kings, Lord of lords. Isn't that not true? Philippians 2, 5, verse 11, we read these words, Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, we talked about this last week, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Jesus Christ thought it not robbery to be equal with his Father, for I and the Father are one, he said. But he made himself of no reputation, and he took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men, and being found in the fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Now here, this is the throne of grace. This is the one who's been exalted to his throne. This is the one like the brazen serpent is being lifted up to for you and I to look to, to come to when we need grace. I need grace now. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him, his son, and given him, his son, a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Lord to the glory of God the Father. His throne is above all thrones. He is full of grace. Are you with me in John chapter 1? One verse, it's all we need to look at. And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Where are you going to go for grace? Are you going to go to your own good works? Are you going to go to the things that you're doing in your life, thinking, oh, see, I'm not such a bad person after all? Folks, because of His grace unto us, there is peace. Unto those whom the Father hath given to the Son, 
we have peace through him, through his words, through his works, and through his blood. Go back to our text now in Hebrews chapter 4. Let's take a closer look at these verses. In verse number 9, we read this, There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. The rest, the word rest here is the same word as Sabbath. Or Sabbath keeping. The rest is Christ our Sabbath. The Sabbath rest that we find in Him, that's what this is speaking about. There remaineth a rest to the people of God. God must come to us and show us that our good works are nothing. The only works that we can count on, the only works that we can have confidence in, and this is why Paul says we have no confidence in the flesh, the only works that we can have confidence in is the one who works everything perfectly. The one who did everything that we need, who provides all that we need to receive His grace. What do I got to do to receive God's grace? Nothing. You can't do anything. Christ must have done it for you. Can't I accept Him? You won't until He first accepts you. What do we read there, Mike? What is that? Uh, everything. Oh, you know what I want to. I know it by heart, but I'm just going to read from the Word of God anyway, just to make sure I get every word in there like I should. Because you know Johnny. Johnny can get away with things sometimes and not speak it correctly. He says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, but that's not where it stops. It says it next, right here. To them who are called according to his purpose. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn of many. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called, and whom he called, them he also justified, and whom he justified, them he also glorified. He is our Sabbath. That means to rest in Him. You know, Don Fortner, some of you may recall this one time, Don's kind of a good-sized guy, right? I mean, one time, if you may recall, he was here preaching on the resting on Christ, resting in the Sabbath, and he reached back here and he grabbed this chair and he slammed it down here like that and sat in the chair and he goes, this is what I'm talking about, resting. Sit down. Shut up and let the Lord do His work. Yeah. Quit trying to earn your way into heaven because you can't. Those sinners that are chosen of God in eternal election for whom Christ died and to whom faith is given, those who believe on the Son of God do enter into a spiritual rest. Not maybe. Oh, I know we try to fight it. I thought I knew what I was doing the right thing the other night and I messed things up with my family even worse. Even worse. And then after I looked back at it, I saw it and I said, your ugly pride got in the way again, Johnny. Can you relate to that, any of you? Is there anyone out there who knows this 
Christ experience that I go to my Lord and ask for forgiveness whether I get it from my family or not. If I'd have told her what I was going to do this morning, she just said, no, 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 don't do that, don't do that. I had to. All I can do, folks, all I can do is relate to you the grace that God gives to me through His love, through His Son, my Savior. Maybe you can relate to that. Our Lord tells us in John chapter 6, verse 37, He says, All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will no wise cast out. For I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is the Father's will which, is, which he has sent me, that of all which he hath given me, I should lose nothing. That's my Savior. That's the throne of grace that I come to. And then he says this, but should raise it up again at the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me, he says, that every one which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up the last day. This is the peace the people of God have. We're not going to have any peace in this flesh. Oh, you may go along for a little while thinking all's good. I can't express in words the burden. Imagine this for just a moment. The burden that I, I can't express to you over these last two weeks. Our pastor went through that for 38 years. 38 years he come to this pulpit every single day, every Sunday. What am I going to do next, Lord? What am I going to tell these folks next? How can I express your grace this day? I'm not complaining about the burden. I love it. I may not look like it, but I really do. I love to tell you about it because maybe there's a moment in your life where you might be standing in that shower going, God, will you be gracious to me today? And if you belong to Him, He will. Amen. He is faithful in forgiveness. Bring your sins to Him in private. Don't do it out here in front of everybody. It's embarrassing. Take my word for that. Go to your high priest. Do you know we have a high priest? <laughs> we have a mediator in heaven sitting on his throne of grace right now saying, it's alright. You don't understand. You don't understand. I bore that sin 
for you. And he says that to all of us. I know, John, but I bore that sin for you. This is the peace that we have in resting in our Sabbath. It is our right and our only ability to approach this throne of grace because of our great high priest who sprinkled his own blood on the seat of mercy. That's what we read in Romans 3.24, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption, through the price, through the payment of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ's blood. Redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Read again with me verses 10 through 15 of our text, Hebrews chapter 5. For he that is entered into his rest, he also hath ceased from what? ceased from his own works as God did from his let us labor therefore to enter into that rest lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and opened unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession, hang on fast to our profession, that our only confidence is in our Savior, in the grace of our Lord. Hold fast to that profession, that we have nothing to offer our God, that Jesus Christ is our offering. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. He knows what we're going through. He was tempted, as it says, but was in, tempted, was in all points tempted like we are, yet our Lord was without sin. Folks, if we don't come to His throne... How can we obtain the mercy we need in times of trouble? Do you need grace? Do you need mercy? And come to Christ. Look at verse 16. Let us therefore come boldly, boldly unto the throne of grace, that we might obtain mercy and find grace and help in a time of need. Do you need help? Do you find yourself in a position where, Lord, I can't do it? My flesh is, well, in my case, not very smart. I'm weak, Lord. I need your grace. He says in his word that my grace is sufficient. He also says... I believe right there in that same scripture he says he says something into the order of that our weakness makes his strength stand out. Something to that effect. The weaker we are, you know, there was somebody who told me the other day, I told him I was empty and I had nothing. I went to the pulpit with nothing but my God's word in four verses. 
and I preached a whole message just using his word. I was empty. But God filled me up. When you're empty, God will fill you up with his grace. Amen.